I know it's probably not a great way to start a message on a Sunday morning, but I have a confession to make. Is that okay? I have a confession to make about an addiction in my life. I'm Michael Murphy and I'm a recovering breadaholic. No, seriously, I, I, I love bread and it, 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 it does me everything to keep off it. I, I'm, my, my, my eating patterns right now don't include bread. I've tried every sort of way. I found a low carb flatbread. It's like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Um, uh, Baker's delight to a breadaholic is like a bar to an alcoholic. Uh, I walk past and the smells, the, oh, you're looking at me so holy. Any of you there, what, what's your favourite bread online? Just put it in. Is it sourdough? Uh, you know you might be a breadaholic when you ring ahead knowing communion's on, you order some steaming hot sourdough. I'm a breadaholic and I'm recovering and I'm doing well. But what is it with the bread? Uh, on the way here, Pastor Sean and I were chatting. He said, what are you preaching about this morning? I said, you got any notes? Not really. Uh, I told him and he said, he said, the miracle, he said, I, I think I'm doing something similar next week. I said, what verse? And I said, Mark 6. He said, that's the, that's the message that I am preaching next week. And, and we both went, oh, this is awkward. Uh, when we unpacked it, it was from quite a different angle. But when that happens, I get pretty excited. I get pretty excited that God wants to bring something. I'm not here to preach a sermon. I honestly am here as a friend of the house with a heart for this house to impart some truth that I believe is going to unlock some stuff. And so, and so I want to talk to you today in the context of the We Remember series. We remember the cross. We remember the resurrection. We remember the bread. Everyone say, remember the bread. Come on at home. Remember the bread. In the hub, remember the bread. Come with me to Mark chapter 6. Mark 6. And we pick this story up where, where oh, let, me, let me read it to you and then we'll unpack it. In, uh, in Mark chapter 6, verse 47, it says, Later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake and he was alone on land. That's Jesus. He saw the disciples straining at the oars. They were, they were on Struggle Street right there uh, because the wind was against them. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them walking on the lake. He was about to pass them by. But when they saw him walking on the lake, you don't see that every day, someone walking on the lake. They thought he was a ghost. They cried out because they all saw him and were freaking out, is the Murphy International Version. They were terrified. Immediately he spoke to them and said, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Then he climbed into the boat with them and the wind died down. They were completely amazed and then Mark writes here for they had not understood about the miracle of the multiplication of the loaves for their hearts were hardened father I pray you'd bless the reading of your precious word today Lord help me to unpack this word Lord to, to do us good to feed us today in Jesus name amen amen you know, there's, there's some quaintness about that passage. Jesus is walking on the water. The New International Version says they were completely amazed. To be honest, that really doesn't do the passage justice. The, the, if you dive into the original language there, 
it's that you almost can't cram enough uh, uh, superlatives into that. Completely amazed is kind of an English rendering, but like over the top, absolutely wildly amazed, wondrous, in awe. That would be probably a better rendering of that. So, so in other words, Jesus walked on the water. This is not the first, he's not, not his first miracle rodeo. This is not his first miracle. He's healed someone who was paralyzed. He's raised the dead person. And yet they were absolutely struck with the miraculous happenings of him walking on the water and, and calming the storm. And it's in, interesting to me that, that of all of those, Mark picks out this miracle of the multiplied loaves and says they were completely amazed for they did not understand the miracle of the multiplied loaves for their hearts were hardened. About a week and a half ago, I was having some time with God in the morning, which is a, a pretty good practice. And uh, you'd all agree, good to, good to hang out with Jesus at the start of the day. And uh, and, and, and I, was, I, was, I was having a really great time and, and I was journaling and I sensed the Holy Spirit just whisper to me. I've never heard the audible voice of God, but very, very much knowing on the inside, this was a God thing. And he said, hey, Michael, your heart's got a bit hard. And my, it, my first reaction, ironically, was to react with a hardness of heart, say, oh, God, I, I, I think you might be wrong. My heart's soft. Just ask me. And, uh, and, 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 then I, and then in my mind, I wasn't actually talking out loud. In my mind, I was going, you know, I'm pretty dil- diligent with this morning routine. In fact, I teach others all over the world about how to own their mornings, Lord. And I felt again, yeah, but Michael, don't wear that as a badge. Soften your heart. And whether you're online here at one of the hubs or in the, in the room here, at the end of the service, just in a little while, we're going to be taking some time just to give you an opportunity to reconnect with the amazing God of the universe. And maybe, maybe you're here or you're online for the very first time. Maybe you've never known what it is to connect with Jesus, who said of himself, I am the bread of life. I, I'm the one who'll sustain you. Uh, maybe maybe you've, it's been a, a, a long time since you've made that connection and covid Though you guys down here did pretty well uh, by and large. But, but still, there was a lot of fear floating around. And so I almost can't wait to get there. At the end of the service, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to connect, help you to connect in a, in a fresh way with the amazing God of the universe. So it's, it's quaint to me that of all the miracles, he didn't say they did not understand the miracle of the paralyzed guy getting healed. They did not understand the miracle of the little girl being raised from the dead. He said they did not understand the miracle of the multiplied loaves for their hearts were hard. So there's something in that. There's something in that. They, they, they're referring there to the feeding of the 5,000. That was men alone. So there could have been up to 10,000 people with women and children there. Where, where, you know the story, Jesus said, you know, they're looking hungry, let's, uh, let's feed them. They said, we haven't got enough money, uh, we think they should go to their houses and find food for themselves. Jesus said, what do you got? We've got five loaves and two fish. Uh, again, most would know the end of that story that all, everyone got fed and there were 12 basket loads that were left over. It hooks into another feeding story, just a couple of 
chapters later in Mark chapter 8. And that was the feeding of the 4,000. Now, it's interesting to me that the first feeding is in Jewish territory. It's actually the feeding of a whole lot of Jews, if you like, or, or, or children of Israel. The second feeding of the 4,000 was at a place called Decapolis, which was a Gentile territory. You know what? Jesus is as interested in doing a miracle of multiplication inside the church as he is outside the church. Jesus is as interested doing it outside the church or inside the church. There's something here that is really worth unpacking. They did not understand the miracle of the multiplied loaves. In the Mark chapter 8 verse, it says here, it says the disciples had forgotten to bring bread. They, they collected seven basket loads after the feeding of the 4,000 uh, and, and, and forgot to bring bread. So, so, so it makes a mention there. Uh, they forgot to bring the bread. Everyone say, remember the bread. Come on, remember the bread. At home, remember the bread. Jesus goes on and says, be careful, watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. And then the disciples were discussing with themselves with one another. They said, it's because we've forgotten the bread. So, so he, there's actually a, a comic component to this. Jesus says, hey, watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees. The disciples are like, don't. He's having a go at us because we forgot bread. Jesus realising you don't, you don't talk behind Jesus' back. He knows what's going on, right? Jesus, realising what they were discussing, says, why are you talking about having no bread? Like, what is it with this bread thing you're so infatuated about? He seems to say, do you still not see? Do you still not understand? Don't you get it? Are your hearts still hard? Do you have eyes but fail to see? Ears but fail to hear? Don't you remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000? How many basketfuls did you pick up? 12, they said. When I broke the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many basket loaves did you pick up? Seven, they said. Don't you get it? So what is this? He seemed to ignore, Mark ignores all the other miracles and zeroes in on this miracle of the multiplied loaves. I mean, I love a number of things about this. I, know, I love the fact that Jesus is interested in the everyday needs of people. I love it. I love that he did not grab some loaves and start hoiking them out to the crowd and, and, and sort of like the hero. He actually says, get them to sit down, gave them to his disciples. And as the disciples broke the bread, <sighs> I don't know where they said that, but the miracle happened in the hands of the disciples. So here's, here's some interesting, if you read the New Testament and the church, it was not just about, I don't mind the pulpit, and the power of preaching and teaching is very much part of Scripture. But the Bible was never intended to say that our highest calling is to come to church. I believe you should come to church. It's okay, Pastor Sean. It's having conniptions there. But that's not, your, your greatest gift is not your butt sitting on a pew. What's your gift in God? I've got a rusty dusty and I put it on a chair and I say some prayers and I even tithe occasionally. 
That, that is so far short of the wonder of what God has set you up for. There is greatness in your heart. When God caused you, drew you to Himself, caused you to be born again by the Spirit of God, if that's a foreign word to you, hang in there. I'm coming to that part where I'm going to pray for everyone online and in the room who says, you know what, Michael, to be honest, I'm kind of bumping along the bottom spiritually. Oh gosh, I've been there. I've been there. Today, I believe something powerful is going to happen for you and in you. So God's heart has always been that you would be born again and filled with the Spirit of God, have the grace and the mercy of God dispensed to you to have your sin totally forgiven. Guess what? Not for you. God is wanting to raise you up in the miracle of multiplication. God is wanting you, in a sense, to be a bread dispenser. Everyone say, remember the bread. Remember the bread. God is wanting you to be a dispenser of bread, just like the disciples. Pastor Sean, I believe, is going to talk about miracles next week. God wants you to be a dispenser of miracles. Now, I know for some of you, that might leave you cold. You're like, what the heck? I'm just, I'm just struggling to stay a Christian week to week. Absolutely. I get it. I get it. But part of the issue is if you set the bar as survival rather than thriving, then you've lowered it to way lower than what God saw you capable of. God's heart is that, that you might receive, even today, the miracle of multiplication. God has called you for a time such as this. You think about all over Canberra, all over the world, people have been, frankly, rattled. This is, this is a crazy season in our world. There's crazy forces at work. People are really wondering what they believe. And we have the answer. And so the answer is not just, I, I believe in bringing people to church. Don't get me wrong. Let them come under the sound of the gospel. But that happens best as you understand the miracle of the multiplication. As you understand that God's call on your life is to be not just a church attender, but to be a gospel dispenser. That you are not called just to come to church, but you are called to become the church. Does that make sense? And so, and so it's, it's not surprising to me why Mark chose to refer to that miracle that the disciples weren't understanding. It's not surprising to me that in both those two passages, one to the churches and the other one to those outside of the church, Jesus fed both crews and, and showed that he's as passionate about reaching people outside the church as inside because the disciples were hard of heart. Even that connection, not receiving the call of God and linked to being hard of heart. You see, when your heart is humble and soft before God, you actually believe what His Word says. And I want to speak over you today that there's miracles in your life that are needing to get out. There is the dispensing of bread in your life that is meant to get out. And that as you would receive the reality that I'm not making this up, I'm not hyping you today. This is actually God's best plan for you. 
Frankly, it's not a wonder to me why many Christians go through life frustrated to the back teeth and unfulfilled with their Christian walk. When we're not flowing in the spirit of miraculous multiplication that God intended, then, then it's like you, you, you're driving a, a V8, that you've got a, a V8 purring under the bonnet and you're doing 20Ks. It's like the thing wants to go. You as a believer, there's something in you that wants to go. You, you, as, you as a disciple of Jesus Christ who've received the forgiveness of your sins and is heaven bound, there's something rumbling on the inside that wants to go. At home, in your jammies, in your uggies. I love being my uggies at home. There's something on the inside that wants to go. And I believe that God is all over the world right now releasing His body, releasing men and women who have yet to know the joy and the wonder of what it is to, to be fruitful in Christ, to be on mission in Christ, to be released in the ministry gifts that God's put on their life, to see a miracle happen, to see a, a, a brother or sister, literally or metaphorically, come back into relationship with Jesus. You see, all this starts when we understand that there's a, there's a spirit world. I don't want to be weird about that. But you see, you're not just a, a natural being having a temporary spiritual experience. You are a spirit being. You have a soul. You are, you are alive spiritually. And right now on planet Earth, we're having a, a, a temporary natural experience. That's the other thing Jesus was saying to the disciples. What is it about the bread with you guys? What is it about this infatuation with you forgot bread? I'm, he said, I'm talking about something side of the veil. I'm talking about the, the reality that there is a spiritual world all around us. You know, we walk through life with our noses pressed up against a very thin membrane called forever. One tear in that membrane and we're catapulted to be with or without Jesus for eternity. That's the truth. It's not fear stuff. It's the truth. It's what the Bible says. That, that our ticket to heaven, and frankly, the first step to the ticket for our destiny is, is making right our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We're there. We're at that bit where I'm going to give everyone here in the room and online the opportunity to just, just be humble, just to soften your heart and to say, God, God, if I'm honest, I feel like I've lost connection with you. You're in church and we're delighted about that. You're watching online. We're delighted about that. Again, a big welcome. But there's more than that. It's what's going on on the inside. It, 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 it's, it's where your heart is located. It's understanding that Jesus is the key that unlocks the door to the miracle of multiplication. Jesus is the key that unlocks the door to your fruitfulness and your fulfillment. Jesus is the key that helps you start this journey. So no matter who you are, you might have been coming to church for a long time. You may not have been to church for a long, for a long time. You may be watching online and you think, man, I haven't yet been to Life You See. Can't wait to get in, that, in the room, but I'm online. 
no matter who you are, just listen up real, real, real carefully. Jesus Christ loves you. He's got a plan for your life. And it's his desire even today that you'd soften your heart and say, God, I need you in my life. In a few moments, I'm going to pray a really simple but a really powerful prayer that would simply give you an opportunity to connect or reconnect with the God of the universe. The spirit realm just on the other side is real. It's real. Eternity is real. And so today, I want to give you an opportunity to make that vital connection. If you're in the room with me right now or you're online, just close your eyes. If you're driving a car, don't do that. Just close your eyes right across the house from the front to the back. Great crowd here this morning. Listen up. Don't think about the person next to you. Think about you. Where do you stand today in your relationship with Jesus? Where do you stand? If, if, if honestly, allow your heart to just get soft, resist the, the urge to push back on that. Well, I'm okay. What's going on really? And if you can't honestly say that you know that you know that all is well with your soul, if you can't honestly say with all your heart, my life is hid in Christ, I've received forgiveness, I'm walking daily with Him, then I'm speaking to you. 